So glad that you're able to join us for uh, Act Two. A round of applause for the worship team and what they did in Act One. Especially the bald bearded guy. We like him. No, I'm talking about Andy. <laughs> it is a privilege to serve here at Christ's Way and to be a part of what God is doing through his kingdom here. Before I go into the message for the afternoon, somebody left their keys in the bathroom. I was told to announce this. So if you have a Honda with a little green squiggly thing, it's you, Ron, come on. Come on up, come on down. Your wife wants to go home. As I was saying, it's a privilege to serve. My son always asks me as if I haven't been raising him for almost 18 years. Dad, are you nervous when you preach? And I tell him, no, I'm nervous when I sing. Those of you that don't know, I'm actually not a singer. I'm just a musician. I'm a musician who likes to worship and nobody's kicked me out yet. But this is where I feel at home. This is where I feel at home. And I'm excited to be a part of what God is doing in this place. And I mean what I said during those announcements. You can be a part of that too. Whether you serve the Lord as an usher, whether you serve the Lord in the parking lot, hospitality, or you're up here singing. We are excited to have you be a part of things. And there's so many wonderful things in the kingdom of God to be done. Amen? Let's get into the word. Uh, I was approaching this scripture, so we've been making our way through the New Testament over the last year. We're almost there. It's hard to believe it's going into November, and we've been making our way through the New Testament, and I was looking at the scriptures that I was given, and I was like, yes, either, either Andy, when he was picking the speakers for the year, either he knows I'm a novice, or he just said, I'm going to make it easy on my friend." Because these scriptures, oh, I can work with these. And so what I'm dealing with today are the chapters, it's five chapters, uh, Hebrews 12, 13, and then going into James 1, 2, and 3. So much fruit to be gathered from those scriptures. I was looking, I actually uh, snuck into chapter 11 of Hebrews, and I love the, the poetic King James Version of this scripture. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And then it takes you through a litany of witnesses that went through a lot more than what we complain about today. And they were torn asunder. They were messed around so bad and they didn't even receive promise. This is what the scripture says. But then it creeps into chapter 12. And the, the King James Version of this scripture says, Wherefore, seeing we're compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that would so easily beset us. But for the sake of not sounding too Shakespearean, I want to read the New Living Translation of that. It says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of Faith. I love that. Let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. 
and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. This is the Bible encouraging you. It's not encouraging the people in the book of Hebrews. The Bible is not just written at you. It's written for you. This is the Bible letting you know that in your worst of times, whether it's spiritual, whether it's kingdom-based, uh, whether it has something to do with God, your spirituality, there's always a cloud of witnesses. Right now, the teenagers are here today, and I cut it out of the announcement video. I, I made a promise to you guys that I wouldn't be boring today during the message. But then I started thinking about how boring my children think I am. And I didn't want to make the promise. <laughs> but let me say something to, the, to you guys, the middle school students, those that are first grade and up are with us today, and the high school students. Your parents mean it when they say to you that there's not anything that you've come across, that they have not dealt with some version of that. I want you to understand that not for the sake of respect, are you hearing me? I'm looking for my teenagers and preteens, kind of preteens. When they say that to you, it's not to dismiss what you're going through. But they want you to understand that you have a cloud of witnesses surrounding you when it comes to peer pressure, when it comes to uh, depression, when it comes to just having to live in this world. We've been through those pressures too. We want you to understand and respect that there's a whole cloud of witnesses. Let's just say it like you guys would enjoy it. There's a bunch of old fogies in here. And Isaac, they've been where you are. And the church and the kingdom is better when we're honest about that. That we've struggled where they've struggled. We've been where they've been where I want us to come together as a body of Christ and recognize since this is what we would refer to as an end time era, even though we've been through what they've been through, their ideas that they're dealing with, the anti-godness in this world is different than it's ever been, stronger than it's ever been. But I don't want to preach about that today. I'm just introing, and I know you don't have to be long to be strong. I was searching this scripture and I saw this scripture of encouragement to lay aside the weight and the sin. Everybody do something for me. Just touch yourself right here. I just want you to keep your hand right there, all right? Everybody with me? You're not doing it. <laughs> keep your hand right here. Even the baby. Oh, that's, I thought he had his hand right here, so he's eating a cracker. <laughs> Now, everybody just do this. Just wiggle your fingers and just lift that up in there, all right? Now, some of you don't know what I'm talking about. As a matter of fact, I don't think any of you know what I'm talking about. But I was approaching the book of James, Dr. Stort. And as I was approaching the book of James, I came to my least favorite scripture in the Bible, and that's what I'm going to preach today. Arnick, if you throw that up there, it's actually James chapter 1. This letter is from James, a slave of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm writing to the 12 tribes, Jewish believers, scattered abroad. Greetings. Not so bad so far. Dear brothers and sisters, 
when troubles of any kind come your way. Consider it an opportunity for great, what does it say? Joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow, so let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Wherefore, seeing we're compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, lay aside weights and sins. That didn't hurt enough, because I told you it's my least favorite scripture. So let me read the King James Version, and I want to preach from that today. Arnie, throw that up there. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad, greeting. Here's where it gets difficult. My brethren, count it. I know I'm not at the city morgue. Let's try that again. <laughs> My brethren, count it all. all. That all messes with my life. All? Count it all joy? Count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith, right now you're sitting here, and as your faith may be being tried, it's working patience. That thing that you need in your life and have prayed for and you don't have it, and you struggle without it. It's developing your patience. That view of yourself when you look in the mirror and you want to be something before God. I don't deal in shame. I don't deal in condemnation. Thank God for that. And I don't think Jesus does either. But I do desire things for myself. Anyone else? I do desire to see myself in certain spaces and places. I have prayed the prayer of Jabez. I've said, oh, that you would bless me indeed and expand my territory, that your hand would be on me and that you would keep me from evil, that I wouldn't cause pain. I have prayed to God his, the Lord's Prayer in John 14, that we be one. But there are times I feel disconnected. And in those times... When I'm at my worst, guys, all shows up. No, I'm serious. You get a knock on the door. And you open the door. And guess who's standing there? All. Scripture said, count it. All what? Joy. We were in COVID and Within a very short period, I had autoimmune disease, and so I was very susceptible to COVID. That's why I think I have the record for having it. We talked about that. Everybody's like, you got it again? Because I was so exposed while everybody was at home. I was doing broadcasts and still going out and playing music and doing all those things for the kingdom. So I had COVID four times. Four different times. And because of that, during the time, I lost two family members to COVID. One of them was my godmother. 
and I wasn't able to go to the funeral. And I turned on the FaceTime that they had for the funeral just so that I could be a part of it. And I was in it two minutes, Marilyn. I couldn't watch it because there was something about not being in the presence of people. And I began to become depressed. And at that time, I had been sick for two weeks. I had been in the hospital and they had sent me home. Right in this time where I was about to go into self-pity, who is it? All at the door waiting to have a conversation. When I was a little kid, the word all had a different meaning for me. Arnick, play this video for us real quick. Grimey paws are my favorite shirt. I wear it so much it collects lots of dirt. Sticky, icky stains. Well, well, well. Mama left them out with L.L. All's the stain left because, as you can see, all's got the power to make stains history. Every time stains are my favorite shirt, all. Mama left them out with L.L. That's all. Stain left, that's all. Everybody put your hand right here. And just do this. I want to preach to you today just real quick. All gets the stains out. I sometimes wonder, my father worked in analytical research for Eli Lilly. And he would come home, and I don't know why he would do it, but he would always test me on the information about his job. Dad is a mathematician, something that I am not, Dad. His chemistry grades were unbelievable, something that didn't happen with me. But he would test me. And one of the things that he taught me about was innate materials. The parts of any chemical or any solution that Dawn liquid soap that you think is so powerful. I bought some of the spray stuff. I'm not doing a commercial, but it does work. <laughs> but my father has a tendency, anytime he still to this day sees me using any kind of chemical, he'll look over and say, now you know that most of that is innate materials, right? Most of it are things that are put inside there to function that don't necessarily on their own have that much power. But when you combine them, when you put them together, it's just the solution to lift stains out. And when I was a little kid, we'd be watching whatever we watched on Saturday morning. And they knew that our mothers were watching those cartoons with us, so they would put all of the detergent commercials on. And they would make them as entertaining as the cartoons themselves. So as you see, those good 1980 graphics. I learned very quickly the song. I used to sit in front of the television with my little keyboard and play all the commercials. Just imagine me, much thinner, Afro, killing it. <laughs> Afro with a part in the middle. I don't, know, I don't know what that was about, but sitting there playing. And this would come on, and it was my favorite commercial. A-L-L, stay in the lift of this, you know. 
And I'd get into it, and I'd do the voice, and I'd sing it. But as I began to grow up, I stopped paying attention to that commercial. I stopped watching cartoons. When I moved away from home, I moved to Virginia Beach the moment I turned 18. I surprised my parents. I told them on a Saturday I was leaving, I left that Wednesday. Moved out. And when I went to the store and I let my laundry just pile up and pile up and pile up, the first thing that came to my mind was, stain the lifter, that's all. So I began to employ what I learned. Is anybody hearing me? And I found out all list the stains. It really works. Depending upon when you employ it and how much of that you employ. I don't know where you're at today. And I don't know what your personal life is, but I will tell you this. Timing is everything. And many times as God is dealing with us and getting us through our journey, walking us through whatever that journey is, there are moments where we feel a sense of slippage in our own walk with Christ. Not just in our walk with Christ, but just in life, period. Young people, are you still with me? One thing about life is it's full of trouble. It's full of challenges. It's full of opportunities, if we want to be more positive, full of opportunities to prove God in your life. But timing is everything. And the measure of your understanding, the measure of your willingness to just yield to God can dictate so much of your life. Somebody touch your hand. We're going to get there. Just do this. All lifts the stain. So how do we employ that? Arnick, you didn't just get up here to do a commercial. How do you employ that through the word? What does the scripture say? Throw that back up there. The King James Version. So my brothers, my sisters, count it. Count it. Count it. It is a matter of accounting. Learned something very early on as an adult. A great deal of my experience was going to be based on how I viewed things. And many of us sit in a truth that cannot be used to elevate who you are. I don't want to be responsible. I told God something in prayer once. I said, God, I don't want more than what you have for me. I don't want one inch more. But I refuse to accept one inch less. And I don't want to be the thing in my life that stands between what you have and what I see. So teach me, that's what the prophet asked, Lord, teach me your way. I'm going to do it one more time because I have arthritis and it hurts. And when I asked him to teach me, all showed up at the door. Count it all joy. Throw that up there. You can keep it up there. When you face temptation, diverse temptation, a diversity of temptations. This is not just about sin, it's about weights. 
I walked hand in hand with the bishop back then. I don't think sin is the deal breaker. And if you want to throw stones at somebody, turn around and throw them at him. He taught me that. Sin is not the deal breaker. Sin is the result of something that has already taken place. But I think that so much of our culture of church, especially how I came up, has focused so much on what we are not and what we feel we do wrong and where we feel we fall short and shaming people for their vices and what God is working on in them. When God clearly states this process, he's walking us through it. So much focus is on that that we forget that there is another thing that gets mentioned in the book of Hebrews that is not about sin, it's weight. God helped me through this demonstration. Come on, Stuart. Come up here real quick. He's scared. <laughs> he heard me start praying. Did you say get calmer? No. I want you to trust me, okay? Well, you just you just stay right here. Isaac, come here real quick. Come here real quick. Yeah, he's like, what? Come here real quick. I need, to un I need you to understand before we leave what God wants you to do in worship, what we were up here singing about, what is relational, about how you relate to other people. Many of us carry weights that we are not meant to handle. Arnick back there is my son being my son. That is not a weight. That is a result of a whole lot of fun. <laughs> and a great union. That's not a weight. That's called a responsibility. I'm teaching my teenage children not to panic over responsibilities. But then there are things that we carry that are weights that God does not desire for us to have. How much you weigh, man? 160? All right, come here, come here. Come on, come on. Thank you. Thank you. About 158. Thank you. You can sit down. Are you all right with it? <laughs> come on, man. Come on. Come on. Oh, Lord. Come on, come on. Help me, Lord. Come on. You didn't get. <laughs> what, 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 what weight are we dealing with? I ain't telling <laughs> Come on. Oh Out of Comer, could you come here for just a second now? Wait! He won't put more on you than you can bear. <laughs> Not a problem. I'm actually kind of embarrassed that my uncle probably shouldn't lift me. But I can lift him with relative ease. 
So here's what we do. We do it in our homes, our marriages, our relationships. Because we successfully don't die from carrying weights that we can bear, we keep increasing the stakes. Oh boy. Testing, edit that out. We keep increasing the stakes. Because we don't lose out does not mean that that pattern is what God intends for us. Why do we carry weights? Why do we bear things that we shouldn't bear? Because there's a tendency as we look at our lives and diverse temptations and all the things that we may encounter on our road. We have a tendency to put ourselves in positions of survival that are made by us, but they are not ordained by God. And sometimes we haven't had a realistic look at ourselves for so long. A moment of meditation, a stoppage point in our lives to look at ourselves and say, can I be honest with where I'm really at today? So we just keep piling the weight on, piling the weight on. Until finally, I'm going to grab my towel. But that last one, he, that did me. <laughs> finally, we get to a point where God says, in order for you to advance, I'm going to have to give you a realistic view. And I want you to stop and account for where you are in this moment. T.D. Jakes, I don't know if you know who that is. He says it another way. He said, I, just, I automatically go to the, the voice. You can't get so worried about the work of the Lord that you forget about the Lord of the work. You can't get so encumbered with the weights of life that you forget that the purpose of a relationship with Christ is not to prove your mettle. It is to have an abundant life. I don't want to get up here and lead worship so much that I don't have a personal relationship with Christ. When you saw me moving throughout this church last night, and I'm, I'm big, so moving is, it's, is what it is. That wasn't a burden. That was an interchange of love and service and mission and a Abundant life. When I'm in here and I'm working on wires and hooking up sound, you really want to know what my mind goes to? How in the world, after all the choices I made and all the areas and all the things that I didn't believe about myself, did I end up here still? Inevitably. How did you walk me around in a circle when I walked away from God and said I didn't want it anymore and I didn't know he was holding my hand? just walking me back to him. I know I'm not the only person in here that has that testimony. That it inevitably all leads here. So, we cannot afford to make a mistake about what this is. That all those things that God is showing you right now about your life, 
those things that have become weights. God is sending you a reminder that as you face this, as you face trouble, as you face your responsibilities, as you face whatever the trial is in your family, as you face financial issues, as you face yourself, as you face changes and, and your age, as you face your children leaving to college, as you face, God help me, that new boyfriend that you don't quite like. You have to know how to account for that. The reason is clear. The reason is clear. Why would God send us this scripture in the book of James to count it all joy? I thought about doing one more demonstration that I'm not going to do. I was going to call specifically Hayden up. Because Hayden, I know he works out. I watch the videos. <laughs> and, and, and I know he drinks whatever that stuff is at Fifth and Nutrition. <laughs> Believe it or not, I was going to let him hit me. I was going to let him take one good shot. And then I just prayed about it and got... God said he, he won't put more on you than you can bear. <laughs> but I thought of him, and I thought of what that would be like at 42 to take a shot from how old are you, Hayden? 20, from a 25-year-old. And just let him with his full man strength and youth and just beautiful hair just hit me. <laughs> what that would feel like taking the brunt of the blow. And I couldn't find a reason to do it. <laughs> Question is, is why are you still standing in front of the train? Why are you still trying to take it in your life? When Christ says it's very simple, I told you to look at everything and count it all joy. Now, if he did hit me, I'm going to tell y'all what, I, I got a little bit of Cleveland Street left in me. And if he hits me wrong, if I gave him instructions to hit me in the chest and he catches my jaw, Cleveland Street. <laughs> the question is not, would it have hurt? The question is, is if I started rejoicing after Hayden ran up here and popped me a good one, would you guys think I was crazy? So why is the scripture saying rejoice? Count it all. Everything, everything God, knock at the door and you're saying count it all joy? How do I count things joy that I don't feel good about? Because I don't feel good when I experience them. And it's simple. It is trying of your faith. See, faith, I deal in two things in my life, faith and hope. And faith is slow. Faith comes by, anybody know the scripture? Faith comes by what? Hearing. Andy, do me a favor, just clap your hands. Thank you, all you Andys. I said Andy. <laughs> Clap your hands at the back. 
Now, that takes a certain amount of time to travel here. But I can immediately look back and see him with sight. Hope is sight. Faith is time and experience. Comes at a different speed. And so, in order for that speed to work for me, just like the innate materials in that all detergent, in order for it to lift the stain and the weights off my life, it takes time. You are not in an abusive relationship with God. Where he's telling you, you get slapped by hate and rejoice. He's telling you, you can rejoice. Because for the child of God, I believe it and I wish I would have put the scripture in. There's another all scripture. All things work together. The innate materials and the active materials. There's not anything in your life right now by faith that isn't working for your good. It hurts. That's why I didn't like the scripture. Because I had to go back through and edit my life and how I count. I had to look at assault and say, it's working for my good. I had to look at betrayals and say, hmm, you were working that for my good? It is by faith. Book of Hebrews says, and I'm closing, without faith, it is by faith it is by my belief. Hey, let me say this. It's not a hierarchy. It's not me standing up here telling you how good I became at being a Christian. It's just every day when I get up in the morning, I put my pants and my shirt on. I apologize to my wife for still looking like this. <laughs> and then I have to live by faith. Faith that God has not altered his position just because circumstances have changed. Faith that because there's trouble in my life, that means it's over for me. No. It's all about how you count. Let's try it one more time. As you have your hand here, take a look at your life. Take a look at your trouble. Take a look at your disappointments. Take a look at everything that your friends, like Job's friends, would tell you to turn away from. That people would define and say, God's not with you because this is here. And by faith, count it differently. Lift it. That's a wonderful demonstration and everything doesn't happen automatically like that. But as you walk away from here in faith today, that's why we worship, that's why we do what we do, that's why we sing, that's why we come together, that's why we fellowship, that's why we connect with one another. Because we're not walking around hopeless like people that don't know Christ. We have hope.
One last scripture. When you don't have anyone to look to in your darkest time, look to Jesus, the author, the finisher of your faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured his cross. Can we pray? God, we know you're the lifter of our heads. We thank you for your faithfulness to us. We thank you for every soul that's here today. Thank you for this fellowship, for this body. If we don't land the plane on anything, let it be landed here, Lord. That there is nothing that would befall us. There's not a temptation. There's not a weight. There's not anything that will come in our life because of your blood, because it was shed before the foundations of the earth, because you swore to yourself and you do not change. There is nothing that could befall us that could rip us out of your hand. You said no man can pluck us out. So teach us to count it all joy. Everything that we endure, help us to remember that that all that outlook on the Christian life, on the kingdom life, it lifts us, lifts the weight. Now take the weight, Lord. Take it as people walk out of here today. Let them walk out victorious. Increase our faith. We pray that in Jesus' name. That was a tremendous visual. Circumstances sometimes are how the active ingredient gets delivered. It's through the circumstances that the growth gets delivered to us. So, as you walk with God, as you grow and walk and journey and disciple with him, I hope you come to the place where circumstances no longer dictate anything. That's what he's saying to us. You can't look at the circumstances because they don't tell you a thing. If you believe you're where God wants you to be, that's where God wants you to be. And there can be tough times. You read it just last week, the writer of Hebrews. Maybe it'll be this week you read it. Some received their dead raised to life, and others were cut in half. Like circumstance, and it said the world wasn't worthy of any of those people. So the ones that had major miracle prayers answered, awesome. And some were torn asunder and eaten by animals and all that crazy stuff. And they're all in the same group because they were all looking. And it, circumstances just don't matter. And so I hope that you can get to that space in your walk with God where you've laid aside the sin. That's the salvation piece, right? He is Lord. You're not looking to another God. That's done. The salvation sin piece, boom. And the weight piece, the weight and the sin freedom, you lay that down. And then you begin to walk and you begin to journey. And you'll realize 
the longer you do it, and maybe you should just take some old people to coffee. <laughs> we'll just tell you. We'll tell you about it. Really. I mean, I'm super serious about that. The times when we thought it was one thing and God was working something else and the actual delivery mechanism was the trial. It was the, what'd you call it? Innate, what did your dad call it? Innate materials. Those are just the rough circumstances that deliver the blessing. I was telling Tyler this week, we were talking about work and struggle and pressure and all kinds of different things. I said, man, you come to a place like this. You just dial in on the people that you get to do it with. Because it's all hard, pal. It all has highs and lows, joyous, wonderful times, and struggle and junk. As a clinician, as a therapist, you'll often hear they love the one-on-one with the people, not so fond of notes. We love to cut down the bushes, but not bag them. Right? There's just parts of every job that are challenging. And as you walk this out, I hope that you can be encouraged. Maybe you're there. Maybe you're there and not even realize that you're like, I'm actually there. Or maybe it's something that you know. It says, seeing we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. That's the old people. So great a cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside the weight and the sin and everything that besets us and run with patience the race set before us, looking to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. That's this deal. That's what he's saying. There's a crowd of people that are walking this journey. So wherever you are in that whole process, my prayer for you today as you move from this room is that you can take one step closer to recognizing whatever the circumstance is, doesn't matter. No longer is that the measure. No longer am I a thermometer up and down with whatever the circumstance is. But Jesus and my relationship with him sets the, sets the temp like a thermostat. I'm just steady. Because I know in whom I have believed. Would you stand with me and let me pray over all of us. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for the word, Arnick. You're my friend. I appreciate you, buddy. Lord Jesus, help us all. No matter how many years we've been walking down this road, refresh in us an awareness that circumstances are not the drivers. But we look to you, Jesus, author and finisher of our faith, who modeled for the joy set before you, endured things. Help us do that. Help us recognize that circumstances are just that. They're like the weather. Comes and goes, hot and cold, windy and calm. But the steady part of being a part of a community of faith, being able to walk with people that we're so fond of and that we love and are so dear to us, that's the great blessing. And the blessing to be in your kingdom and in your body and the privilege that you give us to serve you and walk with you. Thank you for saving us. Thank you for freeing us. Thank you for redeeming us. And help us, Lord, count it all joy. Regardless, when we can wake up in the morning, there is joy because you are still with us and the mercies of God are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. So with that, I bless your people with strength and grace and peace and perspective and vision. Let it be so in Jesus' name. 
Amen. Amen. Thank you again for being here. Love you so much. Appreciate you. Have a great week.